This is an NC Baptist resource. For more, visit ncbaptist.org. Welcome to the NC Baptist Podcast, the podcast designed to engage with ministry leaders around topics that will explore approaches and resources to help us be on mission together. It's because of your generosity that this resource is available. Learn more at ncbaptist.org slash give or contact us at communications at ncbaptist.org. Welcome back to NC Baptist Podcast. Sandy Marks here, pastoral ministry strategist with NC Baptist. As we begin our conversation today, I want to take just a couple of moments and introduce some very outstanding guests joining us today. We have, first of all, Chris Turner. Chris is the senior pastor of Neils Creek, a Baptist church of Anger, North Carolina. He's here in the studio. We also have uh, Dr. Gary Mays, who for 20 years was the executive director of Church Next Ministries and Consulting. So we're excited to have him. He's actually joining us by Zoom as he's in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. So he couldn't quite make the drive this morning. Uh, But we're excited to have you guys here with us. And guys, just tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe your families, your, your ministries, and also a little bit about your hobbies that you enjoy. Hey, Sandy. Thanks for having me on the podcast today. Excited to be here. I'm Chris Turner. I'm 39 years old. I grew up in eastern North Carolina in a small town called Mount Olive. It's where the pickles are made. I grew up right across from the pickle factory and then have lived in North Carolina all my life, as far west in the state as Winston-Salem. And then when my wife and I got married, uh, she was in pharmacy school at Campbell University. And so we settled in in Harnett County area and have been there um, ever since. So I've been the pastor at um, Neils Creek Baptist now for um, over 12 years. And um, I love my hobbies are, are hunting and fishing, uh, and we, we're dog lovers. So we have three labs, uh, Lacey, Luna, and Deuce. And Luna and Deuce are expecting we should have some puppies by Thanksgiving, oh, fingers wow. crossed. So, But, yeah, that, that's and we have a boat, so we love going out on the water, love boating. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of my hobbies. Well, man, welcome. We're glad that you're here today. Dr. Bays, introduce yourself a little bit to us. Hey, likewise, thanks for the invite. This is a fun conversation that I'm looking forward to. So my wife and I have been married almost 46 years, which I think is really difficult when you're just barely 30. <laughs> I haven't figured out how that math works. We we have two uh, adult kids. We have three grandsons uh, and my daughter's pregnant. Wow. So we're waiting for number four and nobody can decide if we want another another young man in the house or if we need a break and it should be a girl so the votes are kind of split on that one <laughs> but it's good i um i retired last year at the end of the year and uh kind of figuring that out and uh, just riding with that a little bit and so it's a very surreal concept but uh in the midst of it i'm i'm getting a chance to chase a thing that i've always loved and that's photography so uh, I just think photography is a way that anybody can actually capture and create more beauty. You know, we cameras have a, a great way to see things and, um, and you don't have to be a great painter to add more art to the world. So, Well, I'm looking actually for somebody to follow me along and 
capture photos of my fish that I catch. So if you'd be open. I think you capture enough photos of those fish. <laughs> well, guys, we're <laughs> delighted to have you here. Uh, it's Pastor Appreciation Month, yeah. and North Carolina Baptist is committed to assisting pastors and churches by providing opportunities for pastors to deepen their spiritual, their emotional, and, and their physical health. And I'm thankful for you guys joining me here today to discuss what I believe is a very important conversation, and that's pastoral sabbaticals. And I want to begin in sort of this way. Uh, let's just imagine I'm a local church deacon. Uh, let's say I'm self-employed. I own and run a heating and air business. I, I work a lot of hours. And in the middle of the summer, people call all times of the day needing their air conditioners fixed. Why should I, at the next deacon's meeting, bring up the idea of granting our pastor a sabbatical? How would you guys respond to that? So, Sandy, for, for me... Uh it was established in the pastor church covenant, you know, when I was first called, that at any point after uh, seven years, consecutive years as senior pastor, that I that was something that I could make a request of the deacons in the church. Um, but but even having that in writing and even having that in the covenant, um, this was probably the biggest personal struggle for me when it came to um, uh, making that decision that I really want and need a sabbatical. Because as I look across my church, I know that I'm not the only one that's in a stressful profession, right? That right. there's all kinds of people that have worked. Uh, and at that point, you know, I had only I'd been a pastor 10 years, but I had to kind of overcome a little bit of uh, maybe some feelings of guilt or, or maybe even insecurity about am I being selfish, you know, and taking this when other people have worked their entire lives, you know, and given themselves to careers that were very demanding and made a lot of sacrifices. Uh, and, and who am I to, you know, basically be taking this, this uh, time away. But, uh, you know, I think really the important piece in this conversation is realizing that uh, the, the unique demands that are there on um, the pastor and pastoral ministry, um, the the understanding that it really is a 24-7 calling, you know, and that uh, you, you don't get the normal um, weekend off that some people may get. You know, uh, you don't get the the summer break that teachers get. You don't you don't the kind of the rhythm of pastoral ministry most of the time is that you're always on. You're always functioning. You know, really at a high level. And um, like uh, a number of things in life, the reward of doing a good job is that the church grows and you get more work. Get more <laughs> and there's work more demands do. and more more <laughs> needs of people, and all of that. You know, kind of compounds. Uh, so for me, in my experience. You know, I was in youth ministry early on while I was in uh, seminary. I pastored a small rural church for a couple of years, then, you know, was called to Neal's Creek, which was my first full-time pastorate. And so, you know, there had been a good season of life where I had pretty much been doing this week after week, year after year, you know, without any kind of break. And, and it begins to... Um, it begins to be a lot that that you carry. You know, the pastor. I, I think of one particularly example during vacation Bible school. I went from playing a goofy character with the kids at Bible school to getting a phone call that you know one of my church members who who had been in surgery had passed away very unexpectedly. So, you know, I literally hop in the car and go to a grieving family that's in shock. And, you know, to me, that's just kind of the breadth of, uh, you know, what pastors have to encounter and carry, you know, ministering to people of all different 
age groups. You know, you're there from birth to death and, and all kinds of situations in between. And so you experience a lot. You carry a lot. Um, there's demands physically, spiritually, emotionally. And over time, all of that can kind of kind of compound in a way that may be uh, different than any other profession or vocation out there. Right. Uh, absolutely. Dr. Bates, how would you respond to that question? Well, I'd say, first of all, Chris, way to go. That You just nailed it. I've, I've heard so many people reflect the very same components of, of that conversation that you just had. So way to go. And, and I'd say, look, I, I don't know very many people who don't work hard. Yeah. And I, there's a thing in me I wish, I wish everybody could have a sabbatical. I really do. And I think there's part of God's design when you talked about Sabbath happens at the beginning and the end of every week. Yeah. Uh, the Sabbath year was supposed to happen every seven years. The year of Jubilee would have been a double Sabbath year. Um, I don't know that many people are in ministry 49, 50 years <laughs> to get the year of Jubilee. But there, there is a principle in Scripture that God realizes we need to get away from the grind and get perspective. And I think that's true for everybody. And so I just want to honor those that that are working their tail off. And, and I realize this can be a challenging conversation. I would just add the little piece that uh, ministry flows out of who you are. It's not just what you do. Pastors give themselves to people. They give themselves in their preaching. They, it flows out of the well of their well-being, their soul. And, and so if you're going to ask me why a, a board of deacons should consider it, I would say because it's probably one of the best investments you could make in the life of your congregation by giving your pastor a chance to recharge to get a little bit of altitude from the daily and weekly uh, grind of ministry and get some fresh perspective that probably is going to breathe life into their soul. Because when they bring that fresh life back, everybody in the church benefits. And and I would say that's that would be my case. Yeah, yeah that's awesome responses. Thank you, guys. Now, uh, let's switch it around a little bit and put the shoe on the other foot. Now I'm a I'm a pastor of a normal size Baptist church, and my congregation has had that conversation. You know, I've been serving the church for seven years, and they're granting me a sabbatical. Now, as a leader, I have to begin thinking about how to prepare myself and the congregation for this time. I think uh, that's where we miss it a lot of times. That there's this preparation has to be done on on both sides. So where where do I begin? What is my thought process to the point where I really begin to prepare the church for my time away? And and Dr. Mays, I'm gonna ask you to respond to that first. How how do you begin that process of of beginning to make preparation? Well, I, I will say the preparation is probably where the rubber meets the road, even more than execution of it. So there are a couple things that come to mind right away. And one is you want to think really carefully about all the, the different responsibilities that somebody else could take on and make clear assignments so that there's not going to be ambiguity. People know who to call. There's somebody that's going to manage hospital visits or somebody that's clearly going to organize the weekend services. Uh, you want to take care of that because you want to do everything you can to help your pastor completely disconnect 
is one of my things I would say to the pastor is I was a pastor for, you know, for 20 years too. So I, I know that uh, there's part of me that likes to be needed. I like that feeling. And so it's a little creepy to say, I'm going to turn my phone off or I'm not going to read my email. But as a church, you want to help your pastor fully disconnect. And so have a plan so that people aren't calling the pastor when he's on sabbatical. And that helps the pastor know that the bases are being covered uh, and they can truly disconnect. So a couple of those pieces, those logistics and personnel things are really big to put in place. Awesome. Awesome. Chris, what about you? You've actually experienced this? Yeah. I would say communication is really the first thing um, to start thinking through in that process. How am I going to communicate this to um, leadership in the church? How am I going to communicate it to the congregation at large? And and what that looks like in phases. Uh, And I would also say just kind of having an adequate timeline. This is not something that you're going to to roll out one month and then, you know, execute the next month. Uh, For (laughs) for me, this was about a 10-month uh, process because we knew that for Newell's Creek and probably for the vast majority of churches, a pastoral sabbatical is kind of a new concept. And so uh, mm-hmm. we had to start at the, the high level of understanding what is sabbatical and then what, it, you know, theologically, the, the concept of Sabbath, as Dr. Mays uh, already brought up, and then why it's valuable, you know, to, to make this investment to have a healthy pastor and a healthy church that, you know, study everything, all the data shows that. You know, if you don't have a healthy leader, there you know going to be uh, consequences and things that come out. So, uh, trying to build that buy-in at a high level early on, and then um, beginning to work through uh, some of the logistical things, um, as Dr. Mays mentioned, of um, you know who's going to do what, who's going to what, what will happen. You know, if my family member, my loved one passes away, you know, while the pastor is on sabbatical, who do I go to if I have a need or a concern during this time? For us, we we did a walkthrough of both kind of a sermon series looking at, again, this concept of self-care and sabbatical, and then also did kind of a book study on best practices concerning sabbatical. So there's there's some things that will be kind of high-level communication pieces that the whole congregation, you know, will need. And then there's going to be more specific things that, you know, you will need to prepare your leadership for that, that everybody doesn't need to know, but key, key leaders need to know. And so for me, that that involved kind of bringing uh, a group of three deacons who who basically were there to help think through this process, to advocate for me as a pastor in this process, so that it wasn't just me asking for X, Y, Z. That they were kind of being the communication arm with the church, and you know, it assured people that hey, there's people that have been through this whole process from start to finish. They know what the deal is, and they'll be well prepared for anything that could come up. So I think definitely having some key leaders around you who are going to be with you, you know, from start to finish is also important. Thinking about who those people are and how, you know, they can build that trust and buy-in. The more, the more buy-in you get from the congregation as seeing this as a valuable thing and not something that's going to be a threatening thing, that can mean all the difference in a successful sabbatical. Absolutely. Thinking about the small things yeah. and then communicating that, I think, is yeah. key. You guys did and a And we even job. did a Q&A session, kind of a town hall meeting where we had some frequent 
frequently asked questions, but we wanted people to ask questions too. That's awesome. Yeah. Involving people as much as you can for as long as you can. And I, I think there's like, there's you, I bet you did it. Listen to all the things you did, Chris. Um, but I, I think there's a place as you get closer to let people in on what the f- basic framework of your plan is. And in around that, to gather a group of intercessors who will pray with you yeah. over that, pray protection. I just, I know the enemy of our souls loves to come in and sabotage sabbatical efforts yeah. right at the gate, you know, stuff, crisis in the house, things break down. I mean, it's all kinds of craziness. And I think you want people praying for you. And the backside of that is to set in motion that when you come back, Take a Sunday and capture the things that God spoke to you about yeah. and give them back to your church. Yes. Help them celebrate the the little wins and insights and moments of joy and life that happened uh, in you on the backside. So That's awesome. That sort of segues us into another piece I think is important to discuss. Chris, I thought your plan, you know, we partnered with you for right. your sabbatical. I thought your plan was very impressive uh, the way you invested your time. Could you just share with us uh, what you focused on and what, what your plan was yeah. for your sabbatical? Yeah, so, so my sabbatical was uh, a three-month uh, sabbatical, so it just made sense with three three months to have three goals, good biblical uh, number. And so um, I had kind of a, a family relationship goal was the first piece of it. Um, the second piece was kind of a personal health goal. And then the third piece was um, just kind of spiritual and vocational development as a pastor. Mm. And so uh, go, going to the first one, you know, just really trying to have quality, uninterrupted time with family. I began to kind of understand that, you know, as a pastor, there are uh, opportunities, um, everything from, from birthdays to just special occasions, all the way to how we do holiday celebrations that just many times look different for a, a pastor and an extended family, that there's so many times that maybe a weekend trip or something was happening and you, know, you just can't get away, you know, the demands of church and even even on holidays, you know, that again, right. sometimes you're kind of popping in, popping out. And even when you're there, you know, that that part of Dr. Mays talked about disconnecting. It's, you know, you're there physically, but you're not really all there because you've got stuff on your mind or your phone may be blowing. You know, it, it's hard to kind of really focus and have that uninterrupted time. Or maybe you're even on vacation and you get a call and you have to cut vacation short. So just really having quality, uninterrupted time with family. Um, My wife and I, um, at at this particular time um, in in her career, she was going through a lot of um, changes there and was considering, you know, what her future was going to be. And she actually ended up taking kind of a leave of absence. But but all of that had created uh, a fair amount of of stress in our marriage. And so we really wanted to um, not let things get any further down the road of, of kind of strain on our marriage and kind of get back to the place that we needed to be. And so we went on the, the replenish retreat that NC Baptist puts on down at Caswell. Uh, that was, that was wonderful, very life-giving for our marriage. And, um, my dad and I, we, we loved to hunt, but uh, we had not been on a, on a hunting trip since I graduated college. And so um, he and I got to, to go on a trip for a week and um, had just, just an awesome time together. So that was kind of a really important piece of it was the family time. Second, you know, uh, 
and I'm I'm guilty of this. I know you know a lot of us men are probably guilty of just not going for physicals and checkups and things as regularly as we should. And you know, being a pastor, your schedule is busy. It's real easy to just neglect that stuff. And so I said, you know, I'm I'm getting closer to forty. I really need to start prioritizing my health. Need to get some rhythms in place to. Yeah, my heart really goes out to you there. Yeah. That almost forty. <laughs> but you know, just just understanding that. You know, we're we're not going to be of value to God, to the church, to the kingdom, if we don't do some level of taking care, uh, you know, of ourselves. And so, um, just trying to get some better rhythms in place in terms of self care and kind of focusing on some of those things. Now, now I will say this in all transparency: that's really easy to do when you're on sabbatical and you can focus so much time on that. A lot harder when you get back into full routine of pastoral ministry. So, I mean, a lot of those things that I did in that time, you know, I've tried to translate those over, but I've not been 100% successful. I'm still trying to, you know, figure out that balancing act. But then the third thing was probably my favorite, and uh, that is just sweet times of communion and worship with God. Um, Melissa and I went to different churches um, every Sunday, and uh, we kind of planned that out to a diversity of churches, all different sizes, styles, and just uh, felt the presence of God in in most of those places. Um, I was able to visit with friends from seminary that hadn't seen in years, go and and spend time with some spiritual mentors, and just kind of with an eye towards some best practices. You know, many times we kind of get insulated in in our own church, our own tribe, and we, you know, we miss some of the really cool things, right, that God is doing in other places. So just uh, an eye to to a lot of those things. We we did a retreat um, at the Cove, and just an opportunity really after 10 years of pastoral ministry in one place to seek the Lord for a fresh vision, you know, and a fresh... um, uh, way forward. Um, all of that was uh, just extremely valuable. Awesome. Awesome. Dr. Mays, I, you were my revitalization um, professor. I, for some reason, I just feel like I was your favorite student. I don't know why I feel that way, but <laughs> I, I've always been impressed with your processes and the way you think through things. Uh, what could you share with us about pastors thinking through that process of of enjoying and, and benefiting from that sabbatical? I know you've written some stuff about that. Well, yeah. And first of all, I'll give you that favorite student status. Oh, wow. I was just sort of joking, but I'll take it. Yeah. I didn't say I was your best, but I just said your favorite. Well, I didn't say best either, but (laughs) (laughs) and it won't get you very far. He'll Venmo the payment for that compliment. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Uh, I love hearing what Chris did. I think you know, you've tracked, Sandy, some of the stuff I've written on my, my blog site about sabbaticals, and I'm going to package those up into a singular PDF. And if anybody wants to just get that as a package of stuff, they can get it. And I, I talk in there about making a plan. I would say a couple of things. I think you need to start with helpful and healthy reflection that probably includes a few other people to say, what do I really need? Hmm. Not what do other people expect and what, how am I going to overfunction? Because I think that's one of the greatest risks is people want to prove that they're valuing the sabbatical by overfunctioning. And I mean, some people swap work under a different name. I've known people that have taken a sabbatical to finish a dissertation. 
to write a bunch of stuff. And I, I'll just be honest, that sounds like work under a different name. Right. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't sound like a sabbatical. Parts of it might be, you can work that out. But, but the big thing is to create a kind of a macro framework, big chunks, not a legalistic to-do list, but a framework that you can follow and it will give you a pathway through. Uh, and, and then I would say this, you know, make your plan and hold it loosely. One of my experiences is that in the busyness of the day to day, we actually don't fully know what it is our soul might need because we're in, there's still so much noise. And so as you step into a sabbatical and the chaos around you quiets a bit, Sometimes you recognize you need more of something or something different than you even understood at all. And, you know, so that plays out where somebody has a stack of 15 books are going to read on, on a four week sabbatical, you know, <laughs> or, you know, they've got this great grand plan and they realize I actually just need to be with my wife. I need her to speak into my life. I need to sit with unhurried time with Jesus. I need, you know, we'll get, you'll get there and pay attention to what the spirit of God is saying to you about you and know that it might be slightly different than what you thought at the beginning uh, before it started. And so hold that intention, create a framework, hold it loosely and allow yourself the freedom to adjust as you go. Awesome, what a great word. Let's take a quick break, and when we return, we'll have some concluding thoughts from our guys. Every year, churches across North Carolina give generously to missions through the North Carolina Missions Offering. NCMO helps support the work of church planters, disaster relief workers, and other ministries. It helps fuel missions efforts that extend across the state and around the world. Your gift to NCMO provides relief for today and hope for tomorrow to those who need it most. Because of your generosity, thousands are able to receive care for their needs and hear the message of the gospel. Give today at GiveNCMO.com. Welcome back, guys. Thanks again for being here with us today. I got a couple of more questions that I'd love to hear you respond to. The first is just simply this. You know, we've talked about the process. We've talked about planning. Uh, we've talked a lot of uh, information about sabbaticals. Uh, what words of warning or caution would you give a pastor that's considering or in the process of planning a sabbatical? Dr. Mays, you want to respond to that? Yeah, I would pick two. Uh, first one is... You've got to think about the off-ramps and the on-ramps. Uh, so I use this analogy, you know, we, we travel uh, most of our weeks kind of at freeway speed. I lived most of my life in California and 80 is the normal freeway speed, right? Uh, that's how life and ministry often is. You know, you're pedal to the metal uh, day in, day out. And, but if you're on the freeway and you're going to get off, so you're doing ministry week in, week out, and you're going to step off of the freeway, so to speak, into a different season called a sabbatical. It's a different speed. You've got to allow for a long off-ramp. Like 
in for us in California, you know, the you merge over ahead of time, and then the off ramp itself combined. By the time you get to a light at the end of the off ramp, might be a mile long. Mm. But I think that's what happens. I've watched over and over where pastors burn the candle at all four ends, <laughs> and and they're up at midnight the night before their sabbatical is going to sp start still doing stuff and making everything ready so that day one of their sabbatical all they want to do is sleep they've got they got to spend a week just catching up from the exhaustion right. of getting ready for this thing so my suggestion is to be really smart about the two or three weeks before you start putting some things in place and you start trimming down your schedule, your workload, you gotta have a little bit of an off-ramp or else your whole sabbatical is just gonna be slowing down. And by the same token, there's an on-ramp back into normal life on the other end. And I've seen that you know, people in their sabbatical on a Saturday and they're in the pulpit the next morning. Well, you and I know that if you're preaching on Sunday morning, the back pressure starts you know, the week ahead, you've got to do yeah. fine tune. You got to be ready. So your your sabbatical, if you're going to speak that day, ended a week earlier. No matter what it says on paper. So what I what I encourage people to do is think about the reentry process, because if you go from a standstill to freeway speed, you're going to strip your transmission. Ooh, and, good word. and what happens in human terms? is what that means is all the benefits and the practices and the experiments of that sabbatical season just get sucked away before they have a chance to connect to normal life. And so that's where I, that off-ramp and on-ramp thing to me is a game changer that will have as much to do with the success of the sabbatical as anything you thought of, but it catches people by surprise. So that would be my big one. That's awesome. That's awesome, Chris. Yeah. What What about you? What did you What have you learned? Well, I will say Amen to everything that Doctor Mays just shared. I, I I wish I had known some of that. It would have probably. Yeah, I had a great experience. I did, but that that probably I, I can certainly relate to that part of you know the the week before it started, just feeling like man, this is going to take three weeks to recover from all from all I'm doing to get ready to go. But so so words of warning, a handful. You know, I would start by saying, don't think that burnout you know can't happen to you. There probably was a time in my ministry where I felt like ah, that, you know, that never happened to me. But, um, and even once, you know, the, the covenant, uh, you know, allowed me to, to consider or be eligible for sabbatical after seven years at year seven, you know, I, I didn't feel like uh, I needed that at all. But then, you know, you go through a building project, you go through COVID pandemic, you know, different things that, that as pastor, you're not really trained, you know, I mean, they didn't have a class on those things in you know, seminary. So you go through some things there that really require high level, you know, demands on, on the leader uh, of the organization you know, you get to a point of start seeing some some warning signs, you know, pop up. And so, you know, I would say don't don't ignore those warning signs. Don't ignore those things. 
seek to be more proactive than reactive. So, so I want to be clear that you know sabbatical is not a last-ditch effort to save a, a church and a pastor where things are, are spiraling. You know, and it, it really this works best when the church is healthy enough for the pastor to step away and this to be an investment in that pastor's health and longevity. So thinking about it in terms of a sports you know metaphor, you know, in a football game, you know, you've got a halftime you know, break so that, you know, the players get to rest, the team gets to recalibrate, make some adjustments so that you come out and hopefully play your best in the second half. The idea is not to wait until the two-minute warning, you know, at the very end, and all of a sudden, you know, I mean, the game's on the line. You know, you, you make those adjustments at halftime, and so that's how we should think about sabbatical is it being a proactive investment for a healthy pastor and therefore a healthy church um, going forward. Um, I would also say, you know, uh, and this is kind of circling back to the first question about comparing ourselves maybe to people in other professions. Don't discount the power of the pastor modeling what it means to take Sabbath rest. Mm -hmm. And again, not not to, to have your plan and your time so busy that you don't have time for rest. I mean, I think rest, not only for your body, but for your soul, is extremely important in this process. And I heard a, a preacher, or this story of the preacher one time, who said, I can't take a day off because the devil never takes a day off. And this senior lady in the church uh, confronted him afterwards and said, why are you modeling yourself after the devil? You know, <laughs> you, you, need, you know, God God modeled for us That's what, what you know, no he way. created six days and then you know rested. And so this idea that, that we, we don't need need to be caught up in this grind culture of the world, but we need to be modeling, you know, what what proper rest and boundaries look like. The last thing that I would say is don't think that you or your church will be the same when you come back. Hopefully, you're going to be different and, and in, a, in a good way, in a better way. Uh, you know, I can tell you there was things that were pleasant surprises that came out of this. There was also other things that were maybe not... Uh, intended things that that we wanted uh but uh so i mean there were people that left during this period um now since then you know we've gained 10 times over but you know that's that's just part of it you you have to at some point say it's not my church it's god's church it's out of my hands and let the process be you know if you put in the time and you put in the prayer and you know your congregation has bought into it uh, you just have to hold it open, open-handedly, and trust that you know God's going to have His way in this and in your life. And you can't control all, all of these variables, but but it will have far more value um, when all is said and done. And the last little thing I'll say is just don't cut corners. It's, right it's real easy, I think, for some pastors to try to say, "Well, I'm going to take two weeks or three weeks," and you know, people kind of look at it maybe as a leave of absence or maybe even a paid vacation. It's not a true sabbatical, and you know, I can say. And it takes two to three weeks just to begin that to really disconnect, you know, and to really, you know, change that rhythm uh, from going for such high demands. So, if you're going to do it, pastors do it well, churches do it well. Don't don't cut corners because it's not going to have mm -hmm. the value there if you do. Wow, what a great word. My last question is kind of personalized, and Dr. Mays, you know, the sabbatical is really not just about the pastor and his family. How does the sabbatical benefit the organization as a whole? I think it benefits in a lot of ways. I think Chris just hinted at it. Organizations have a tendency, and churches, we're notorious for this, 
to becoming really dependent on our leader. Yes. And thinking that if they're not here, what are we going to do? And I go, the, but the ministry of Jesus belongs to all the people. And so there, there is a place in this sabbatical where the church gets to discover that God is at work among us, not just through our pastor. And I think that's a healthy thing. Now, sometimes we get nervous about that, you know, because of our own insecurities. But the church needs to see that. They need to make decisions. They're leaders that are waiting for a chance to step into a little bit more capacity. And, you know, for me, my last sabbatical was also a, a it was kind of the final testing ground for the person that I handed the leadership baton off to. It was a chance for him to sit in my chair and to see if it was a good fit. But I also know that I said to my team, I said, look, here's the deal. Um, while I'm gone, you guys are the people that lead this. So you're going to make decisions and you're going to follow the best wisdom and the leading of the spirit that you can discern. And when I come back, if I would have made a different decision, I don't care. What I don't want is for you to sit inactive. Yeah, that's good. Move forward and I will adjust to what you saw God doing. It is not your job to pre-think what would Gary do? What should we do? And there's this health that's born in the organization when we get to be a little bit differentiated from our leader. And uh, we break that unhealthy side of dependency and become more interdependent and more trustworthy of one another. So I think it's a chance to do that. I think there's also a chance to see what's not working well that needs to be readdressed because our pastor was picking up all the slack for some decision-making processes or some systems, or they were taking care of a bunch of people and we just didn't even know it. And we should figure out how we can pick up the slack because we didn't see it before. And now we see some areas where there's other ministry lots of us can do and not just put all the burden on, on him. So, wow. Wow. What a great word, Chris. Your question is going to be a little bit different. You know, North Carolina Baptist was able to partner with you yes. on your sabbatical. Uh, in October, the Biblical Recorder comes out, and there's an article in there which you wrote uh, that you mentioned why the sabbatical was the best gift ever to you yeah. uh, yep. as, a, as a pastor. And so what would you share from that uh, with us today? How did it benefit you personally? Yeah. And then how did it benefit Neil's Creek? Yeah. Um, so I, I do want to just begin by answering that by saying thank you to NC Baptist for um, the replenish retreat, for helping to guide the leadership team and some questions and decisions. Um, our sabbatical interim, Dr. Lee Childs, was at that time involved with revitalization with NC Baptist uh, and did some um, training with our with our deacons um, during that time uh, of my sabbatical. And then uh, NC Baptist partnered with us for some of the financial needs to, to make it possible. So just thank you for, for coming alongside us and, and being on mission together. Uh, 
Yes, definitely. I would say it's the best gift I've ever been given in ministry because it breathed new life in, into me and, and into the church as well. As Dr. Mays you know, just said very well, it gave the church an opportunity to kind of reclaim their identity as the church in, in a sense that was bigger than just me as a senior pastor. And it gave me uh, an opportunity to reclaim who I was uh, as a person, as a disciple of Jesus, more than just being the senior pastor at Neils Creek Baptist Church. Um, you know, I think one of the big worries that maybe congregations have sometimes if their pastor is asking to take sabbatical is that is he going to go out and be looking for another church you know and ultimately this is going to be a stepping stone of him you know leaving and going somewhere else uh, i just want to say for us totally the opposite you know by about eight weeks in whereas before one of the kind of warning signs for me was that you know people were st just being transparent were starting to get on my nerves a whole lot you know little things were starting to annoy <laughs> me uh, and and for the first time in my life in ministry there were days that I did not look forward to going uh, to be with my church family you know to be there on a Sunday so uh, you know, I, I began to see God do a work of kind of refreshing my heart and my spirit to be a shepherd, to love people again, and began to, to really miss being with them, miss being with my church family. So it was really a sweet reunion, you know, and a celebration when, when we got back. And there was kind of a an absence that led to a fondness, you know, there. Um, but probably the, the greatest, you know, blessing was just kind of a renewed sense of this is where God wants me to be. This is where God has gifted me uniquely um, to serve this church well. And then kind of came away with six vision points. And, and everybody may not have that, but for me, you know, uh, God just began to kind of pour into me uh, those things as we were going to different places. He was just stirring my heart about different things. And so I began to, you know, really journal about those things. Prayer journal was something that I started doing during this time that I'd never done before. And out of that kind of came those vision points that I was then able to to bring back and again share um, as things, hey, this is really what God laid on my heart during sabbatical. And these are some some important vision points that I want us, I feel led for us as a church to to really focus on and be intentional on and help us go forward. And so with the growth that we're seeing in Harnett County and around our uh, church community, you know, I don't know that I would have had just the, the emotional capacity or the energy to lead in the ways that I'm having to lead now with that kind of growth and all the challenges and opportunities that that brings had it not been, you know, for taking that sabbatical and just kind of recharging and resetting a little bit. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, listeners, again, if you want to read that full article, you can find it on linebrnow.org, or it should be a link in the notes section of this podcast that'll take you there. It'll be a great read for you uh, just to see how the Lord used it in, in Chris's life. Guys, I want to just thank you for hanging out with us yeah, it's uh, today. Great. It's been a great conversation. Uh, and pastors, I just want to say, uh, you know, we want to be on mission together with you and, and your health is vital to the health of your congregation. Uh, in order to lead and care and shepherd well, you need to be aware of your own overall health. We have an assessment online we'd encourage you to go to and take that, ncbaptist.org slash pastoral. Uh, you go to that page, there's a health assessment there that you can take, and our team will reach out and uh, connect with you and see how we can help you begin to meet those needs in your life. Now, you can listen to more NC Baptist podcasts at ncbaptist.org. 
backslash podcast. And we thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you for joining us today. Because of your generosity to NC Baptist, this podcast, along with other helpful resources, are made available for you. Learn more by visiting ncbaptist.org slash gift.